Our Old Testament scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Nehemiah, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Chislev, in the 20th near, while I was in the citadel of Susa, one of my brothers, Hanani, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them about the Jews who, were, who escaped, those who had survived the captivity, and about Jerusalem. They replied, the remnant there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Beloved, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. What are the meaningful things from your past that you carry in your heart? It could be a place where you once lived, a place you had a profound experience. It could be from a relationship that you've had in the past. Whatever, wherever you hold that dear in your heart. What are the things from your past that you carry in your heart? As humans, we are shaped by our past, whether we are aware of it or not. Our past influences our lives. It drives how we view life, and it determines how we react or respond to situations in the present. If you take the time to think, I'm sure you can find that connection in your heart with something from your past. Maybe your hometown, maybe your high school, it may be the band you play in when you were in college. But there are just some things that stay with us, stay, linger in our hearts. When we think of them, we have fond memories or we have deep and profound experiences that remind us of where we have been. So often we hear the stories of persons who did some good job, a work that was celebrated. And we heard of persons, for example, rebuilding homes in a particular neighborhood or gyms in a high school. But there are always stories or there are always reasons behind that kind of work. There's always a motivation for one to go back and do something because of the connection that had been established. One of the stories that we have heard and that I heard was about the basketball player, LeBron James. Born and raised in Akron, Ohio, he became famous as a basketball player. And one of the things he did with the city of Akron was to establish a school called the I Promise School. And in that school, children who are vulnerable, children who would have been falling behind in their studies, they have a place where they could be tutored in a way that would help them to excel in their academic studies. It was over the news and, and what he had done. The, the, the students, they wear uniform. They have a, a, a regiment that they follow. And he was celebrated for what he had done. 
But you see, the city that he grew up in was the one that shaped him and formed him, the one in which he learned to play basketball in his high school, the one in which he didn't even go off to college. He went straight from basketball into the NBA. So he had that love, that deep connection for the place in which he was raised, the place in which the memories were made. In the passage of scripture we heard Jess read just a while ago, we hear the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah living in exile, a Jewish man who was captured when Jerusalem was destroyed by the invading army, taken off into exile. But he was not alone. Hundreds and, and thousands of them were carried off into exile. And living in exile, they had the chance to build homes, they had a chance to marry, they had a chance to plant their vineyards and their gardens, they had the chance to work, but it was not the same as living in their own country. It was not the same as living in their own place. And so there was this longing for Jerusalem. There was this longing for the place that they knew as home. So whenever anyone would travel the road between Jerusalem and where Nehemiah was living in exile, the questions would be asked, how is this place? How is Jerusalem? How is this place that has shaped me? How is this, con how is this, this, this country that we left behind, this place that we, we knew as home? I can imagine what that conversation was like. This past Christmas, I invited people over to the house for dinner, and when I had a chance to check, it was just all what, what I would call Jamaicans living abroad. And, and we, we, we sat in the kitchen, and we, we started having conversations. And I've come to realize that you're not supposed to have, like, political conversations around dinner, because it, you know, it just gets a little bit boisterous, gets a little bit loud. But as someone who has left my home country for 21, going on 22 years, meeting with others who have done the same may not be as long, but there's always this passion to know what is happening back home. When is the last election? When is the next one coming? Who is the new prime minister? Who sits in parliament? Who does what? We're, we're always wanting to know what's happening in our home country. And then it gets a little bit more intense where the election is debated or how the money spent is debated or, or should we still be under the rule of England even though we are an independent country and, and, and all the stuff that we can talk about, the budget and, and, and just all the stuff we can talk about, about the well-being of our country. And, and, and for those who are not there, we, we want to hear, we want to know, we, we want to know what's happening to our beaches, you know, what's happening to the airport, you, how is it being extended? And, and the conversation just keeps on getting louder and louder. And poor Anthony sitting in the living room probably wondering, what are they talking about? And, and then we, 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 we devolve, well, not really devolve, we, we move from the level of English into our dialect. And then I'm sure he probably can't understand anything. But we just, we just kept on going. So I can understand for Nehemiah wanting to know what is happening, what is happening in Jerusalem. And so whenever a traveler comes by, the questions are asked, tell me, tell me about Jerusalem. You see, Nehemiah was shaped by Jerusalem. 
He was shaped by this place. And not just Nehemiah, but the people, the, the, the children of Israel, the Jewish people. This is where their home, this is where they have lived. This is where they have come to know their identity as a people who have been marked and called by God. This is where they come as a place to worship God. This is where their culture has been formed. Their religion has been formed and taken place. And so for them, it carries this weight. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. One of the psalmists says, Oh, Jerusalem, if I forget you, may my tongue be cleaved to the roof of my mouth. You know, the severity of what it means to remember the place that shaped us and formed us and, and molded us, that make, made us who we are. And so he wanted to know. And I can, I can imagine the tangible things that Nehemiah was thinking about. You know, the temple. I can imagine what, it, what he was thinking about, the, the, the fruit trees they had planted, and, and, and the things that he could use as a remembrance for this place that is dear in his heart, this place he holds there dear, this place that has shaped and formed him. Ever so often, people throughout Scripture would use things as tangible things as reminders for the experiences that they've had. Even growing up in a Pentecostal tradition, there are certain things they would tell us to, to use as reminders of God's promises to us. On the days we would have fasting, they would tell us, if you're praying for a house, take a key and, and hold that key in your hand and lift it to God and say, God, I, I, this key is a symbol of what I'm asking you to provide for me. There's always something that can be used as a reminder. Earlier in the, in the book of Genesis, we hear of Jacob as he was traveling and he fell asleep one night. He had, an, had an, a visit by angels and when he woke up in the morning, he said, surely God was in this place and I did not know it. And he, he took some stones and he, he set up an altar called Bethel. And he remind, this is a reminder for him that he encountered God right there. That was his connection of reminding him that God was there. The same with Joshua when he led the children of Israel to cross over Jordan into the land that God had promised them. He, he told them, take some stones and, and, and set up the stones. And when your children ask you what these stones mean, and when your children's children or even their children ask what these stones mean, you say to them that this is a reminder of what God has done for us. Or, or as some translations say, it's our Ebenezer, hitherto God has brought us. Put these stones in place as a reminder. The connection of that place that has shaped and formed and molded, the place that has made us who we are. But there's also a deeper, a deeper aspect to this ask of Nehemiah. You see, not only was it a connection in a tangible, physical way where buildings and temples and, and all that stuff was concerned, but it was also a spiritual connection. Jerusalem, where the temple of God is, 
Jerusalem where people would pilgrim, do a pilgrimage to, to get to the place to worship God, to sing the songs of Zion, to pray, the place where they would learn scripture, they would learn about God's goodness to their foreparents and how God took them out of Egypt when they were enslaved and God took them to this land of promise the spiritual aspect where they learned about God, who Jehovah, who Yahweh is. They were formed and shaped in their faith as a Jewish people, one called by God. They would learn uh, the, the Torah, they would learn the, 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 the rules of how to live in relationship to God and with relationship to each other. The spiritual component of Jerusalem was so deep in their hearts. As I reflected on that, I, I thought of what it means sometimes that a place don't just simply represent a physical, tangible thing, but more so the, 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 inner, uh, the, 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 the inner quality, the inner working, the, the, the intangible, the spiritual aspect. And, and I thought of going home after my mother died and my, my brother, my oldest sibling, who is also a pastor, there was one time that was so profound. Both of us went into her room and as we, we stood in her room, it's like at that same point, both of us started thinking and, and we looked at each other and we knew the presence, the, the absence of our mother was so great in that moment because remember her coming home from work every day and when she would come home the first thing she would do is to set her bag down and go to her bedside and and kneel and pray and and thank god for taking her home safely we remembered how she would be folding the clothes and singing the songs of zion singing about god's goodness we remember that was the place she would be when sometimes we need to be corrected because we did something that was unbecoming and she would sit on the side of the bed and and look us in the eye and tell us that's not how i raised you we, we remember the things that she would do and both of us stood there looking and, and our eyes filled with tears because we, we we knew right there and then her absence was so great but we also knew that we were connected to her because of her spiritual life. Jerusalem was that for Nehemiah. And so he asked, he asked what is happening. St. Mark, connection connection for you who are here today for you who have been here for any number of years what do you hold in your heart about this church what stays in your heart about this place that you come to Sunday after Sunday to worship God and to live in fellowship with each other to receive the grace of God to go out into the world what is it that that takes hold of your heart what brings you back here Sunday after Sunday what's the connection that you carry in your heart when I talk with some of the members and they share their stories of what St. Mark means to them if 
words could have captured sufficiently, we probably could write many books. What's the connection for you where St. Mark is concerned? I've heard the stories. Yesterday we had the celebration of Christopher Fletcher's life. I'm, I'm a former member of St. Mark, he died two weeks ago. And as I sat in the office the previous Thursday talking with his sisters, Erica and Kim, they shared how St. Mark was Christopher's life in more ways than one. He grew up in a church in Griffin, but when he moved to Atlanta, he found St. Mark. And St. Mark became his home church. And she told me, she said, every Saturday morning, Christopher would come when it was his time to serve in the breakfast club. He was known as the biscuit man because nobody could make biscuit like Christopher Fletcher. And she said, I don't know why he would not let me in the kitchen, Pastor Carolyn. He would not, I would have to serve, and, but he would never let me in the kitchen. And her sister started laughing and said, because you couldn't cook. But whatever the reason was, Christopher would not let her in the kitchen. It became his domain. But in that time, he poured his love into what he was doing to feed those who were hungry. And the stories I hear, the conversations I listen to, I realize over and over again the value of, of St. Mark, the value of who you are as a church, the value that has been given to you by those who have come before you, and the value, the potential for the value that you can leave for those who are to come after you the connection. And so this morning I want to stand here before you and tell you, St. Mark, stay connected to this place. And when I say this place, I'm not just talking about the physical building. While I do need you to be in church on Sunday, and for those who are watching online, I'm expecting you to come back at some point. I am talking about staying connected to this church that has shaped you, this church that has allowed you to know that you are loved by God fully and completely, this place where you know that you belong, you have a home, you are God's own, called, marked, and owned by God. And while I love the United Methodist Church, I found it now to be my second home. At the end of the day, St. Mark is your home. Stay connected. Stay connected. Beyond the physical place that we come each Sunday, remember what you have learned. Remember the things that have been poured into you. The gospel, the truth about God's love and God's care and God's compassion and God's mercies and God's grace. Remember the Sundays when you come and you partake of the sacrament of communion, the bread, the wine, 
Remember that you are baptized and, and you come and you, you dip your finger in the water as you did last week, Sunday. You make that mark on your forehead or on the inner part of your wrist. Remember the things that have, you have experienced at St. Mark that has shaped you, that has, that has set you on the way for you to live fully as who God has called you to be and made you to be. Stay connected. Nehemiah asked the question. The news was not as good as he would have hoped. And he cried. And he went to God in prayer. Next week, we will talk about how Nehemiah took a risk. Because staying connected requires us sometimes to take risk. We'll get there next week. But right now, in this time, I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes. For those who have been here for more than three months or more than a year, think back on what St. Mark means to you. Think back on the first time that you came to this church. Think on the first time or when you became a member of this church. Think back on a time when this church prayed for you. Think back on a time when you experienced God in this place. Think back on a time when you left and your, your steps were lighter than you came because God met you right here. Think back on a time when you knew the whole church was praying for you as you were going through a rough patch in life. Think back on a time when you invited someone else to come to this place because you know what you had experienced here. And as you think, thank the Lord for St. Mark. Amen.